Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> that is a good morning. Good morning, everyone. And, and those of you who are joining us online, we sure wish you were here. But I just believe that this is breaking out in every home that's, that's tuned in today. There's homes all over this place that people are jumping up and down and shouting and the neighbors are going, what's going on in that house? But we, we're so glad that, that you've joined us this morning. Amen. 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 Well, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go through my, my quick little announcement things here because I got a message that's been kind of burning in my heart. But, uh, you know, I just loved and we love to connect with every person that's a part of our church. And there's, there's a couple ways that we do it. We, just, we say this every week. Those connection cards that are right in front of you or on the seats in front of you here, if you would make sure to fill those out, write your prayer request on those because we do pray over them. They're part of our prayer culture here. I'm going to tell you, we pray. This church prays over the prayer request. We pray for people. Pastor Jenny leads a prayer team and we pray over, and I'm telling you, things happen. Things happen and, and God moves. Amen? And so, uh, so those connection cards, if you're joining us online, if you would just text the word for, the number for, the word life, for life to 94,000, it's just like our connection cards. You can send us your prayer request and we will pray over you and that allows you to connect with us. We want to connect whether you're here or whether you're at home. We have people joining us from all over the world. It's amazing that, you know, the, the internet thing is, is amazing. We have people at various times from the UK and, and from Arkansas and from Oklahoma and good morning, Miss Ruth, if you're joining us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just wonderful. By the way, uh, uh, if, at the end of the service is when we receive tithes and offerings. You can drop it in the boxes as you leave. And I just want to continue to say thank you, thank you for your faithfulness in supporting what God is doing here in Port Orange. I don't know if you've heard the words uh, hope for the holidays yet, but we've done something we've done for several years, but we're doing it different this year. It's uh, in, in years past, we've hope for the holidays has been where we find out families in need that have children and we, we buy gifts and, and we bring them and give them. But you know, last year we discovered that there were more families that just needed their utility bill paid for the holidays and that their water bill paid, they needed food on their table. You know, this last year or two have been difficult on people. And, and uh, so this year we've, hope for the holidays is gonna be changing a little bit this year. What we're looking for is at least five families. We're gonna go to five local elementary school and ask for at least one family that they can tell us that is in need. And we're going to give them $250 each. And so what we're asking, amen? And they can pay their water bill. They can pay their light bill. They can buy gifts for their kids. They can go buy a Christmas dinner, whatever. What we're asking everybody to do is just join in and give towards hope for the holidays. You can write on your check or in your, in your text giving. There, there's four ways to give. We, we, we put it up on the screen here and there, and so you'll see it. But if you would just write the uh, hope for the holidays on it, we'll make sure that it's part of it. We're gonna, we're go we've already committed five, but if, if enough comes in that it's, that it's 20, we'll, do, we'll figure out 20. We'll believe God's gonna show us 20 families, amen? And so that's, that's our goal. So remember, hope for the holidays, and that's where what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Ah, well, a couple weeks ago, 
Uh, I always like to start out message with a little story, some things that's happened to me. And, and, but a couple weeks ago, this is like two weeks ago, I came home on a Saturday. I'd been over at my mom's watching football with my brother Tim and, and come home and I go out to get the mail. And, uh, and there, there was an envelope in the mail from Wells Fargo, okay? And I didn't have, I don't have any business with Wells Fargo. So I thought, well, it's probably just junk mail. But one thing I do is I open all my mail. <laughs> whether it, I think it's junk, I, I open junk mail. And it goes in the trash just as easy, whether it's junk mail and if I open it or if I don't. And I opened this, this, and I said, that looks like a real check. You know, how many get those junk mail that has a check in there? You know it's fake. And I said, that looks like a real check. And there was a letter that came with it. So I read the letter. And, uh, and back in 2004, 2004, my wife and I bought a house out in Water's Edge. And when we bought the house, we paid extra for a rate lock on the mortgage uh, for that house, and we never used it. And apparently, and I've heard this, a couple people that have told the story too have told me, Wells Fargo has been being audited, and I thank God for being audited, and that they discovered, I guess through this audit, that we had never used this rate lock and so they refunded us from 2004, mind you, they refunded this plus interest for 16 plus years, plus $250 for the loss of use of our money. The check was for $1,018. <laughs> So I come home from, from, from a football game, I go out and I, and I look at that and it's totally unexpected, 16 years, 16 years. My first thought was, thank you, Lord, right? Thank you, God. But my second thought was, man, I can't wait to give a tithe on this. And, you know, tithing is something when it's a conviction of your life that it's not you have to do it. Tithing is something, there's a joy. I can't wait to bring my tithe. And there's, it, it's kind of another way that we stop and we say, thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, it, it's, we just bring it to the Lord. And we say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Our, our mission here at New Life Church, Pastor Tim mentioned this last week, our mission here is to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's our mission. It has been for years. Uh, we accomplished that mission through our, our, our vision, which is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Okay, how many know hope for the holidays? We're going to make a difference. Okay, but our mission is to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. I truly believe that that is the mission, the, 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 the Acts chapter 2 mission of, of the New Testament church, helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, in the early church, the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Okay, they devoted themselves. You see, what I want you to understand this morning is that learning to love what God loves, caring for what God cares for, and doing what God wants done and accomplished is all part of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Amen. We love what God loves. We care about what God cares for. You see, we do what God wants done and what he does. 
And I'm going to tell you, bringing our tithe into the storehouse, the house of God, is part of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Being generous with our time, with our offerings, with our resources is part of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Are you hearing me, church? Okay, I want you to turn to me, turn with me to the book of Malachi. Malachi is an old Italian friend of mine used to call it the book of Malachi. And if you would <laughs> turn in the book of Malachi chapter 3. So a couple weeks ago, and it, I don't know if it was before or after this happened, maybe it was, maybe it was around the time that this happened with that check and all, but I, I was thumbing through my Bible one day, and the Lord just brought me back to Malachi. And a lot of people are afraid to read Malachi, uh, but Malachi is a wonderful book. I mean, it's an absolute wonderful book of the Bible. But I was just thumbing through it, and God showed me something like within just a couple seconds that just changed my perspective on something that I want to share with, with you today. It's, and over the last couple days, this last week as I was preparing this and, and I was praying over it yesterday, it just, it just began to burn. And so I, I, I emailed everybody, I said, man, this, this message is just burning. I just want to share it with you. So uh, I, I just made sure that you, you knew that I think God has a message God has a message for, for the church. Yeah. I think it's a message for, the, for our country. I think it's a message for the church in our country. But you know, we, we finished a series a couple weeks ago called God First. Remember that series? And what I learned through the series is we really can't finish that series. <laughs> we can't finish it because everything in the Bible from, from Genesis to Revelation is all about God being first. Yeah. Everything we do, it's about God being first. All the promises of God are about God being first. Are you hearing me? So Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, we're going to start reading at verse 6. Malachi says, for, actually the Lord says here, for I am the Lord, I do not change. How many know God doesn't change? We call that the immutability of God. God never changes. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the immutability of God. Therefore, he says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I could get into that, but I'm going to pass it. We'll come back to that one another time, okay? Verse 7, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, Bring all the tithes. That word tithes means tenth. It actually means first tenth. It means tenth, first tenth. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try, prove, or test me now, says the, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke 
the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Father, we, we ask your anointing upon these words, Lord, that you will use me, Lord, to express your desires, your plans, and your hope for us, and, and Lord, for your church, and for, even for our nation, God. We thank you, Lord, for this today. And we pray, Father, that each of us would open our hearts to hear and receive whatever you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Several times in this passage, he stops and he says, says the Lord of hosts, says the Lord of hosts, says the Lord of hosts. He's telling us something. God wants to make sure we understand here that it's him talking. There's no filtering here through just through, through a person. Or God wants us to know that the Lord is saying this to us. See, what I want you to see today, and this is really important to you, I want you to hear this. By the way, our, our message is on the YouVersion app. You go to that YouVersion app under events, and you'll get our message notes. You can, you, can take that, you can take notes in it, take it home with you, and read over it this week. I hope you will do that. Uh, that's why we put it in there, so you can take it with you. Um, but what I want you to see today is that God has a very specific plan to bless and prosper you. God has a very specific plan to bless and prosper you. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God's saying again, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper or bless you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's saying that to us. The question is, how do we line our lives up with God's plan? You see, it's not about just about us being blessed. It's about taking our lives and bringing it into alignment with God's will, God's plan. It's about us doing his will, and it's about us being aligned with his plan. So there are three important lessons that I want to just bring to your attention out of Malachi 3 uh, this morning. And the first one is this. God's plan is bigger than our thoughts. God's plan is bigger than your ability to understand it. God's plan is bigger than our thoughts. Uh, Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. God again is telling us. He's saying, trust me because I have, my plans for you are so much bigger than what you could ever think of. My plans are bigger than your thoughts. The issue here, when it comes to these things, the issue and the question is, do we really trust God enough to be obedient when we don't understand or see the big picture? Are you hearing me? Do we trust God enough to do what he asks us to do when we don't see the big picture of his plans? Most of us know Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, okay? 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart? How much? How much does all is all? Everything. (laughs) Everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Why? Your understanding will limit your life and will hold you back. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. See, God's plan, God's plan is to bless and prosper you with abundance. Say abundance. Abundance. Shout abundance. abundance. I'm not seeking abundance. I'm seeking God. Are you hearing me? But his plan is to, is to pour out his abundance that we cannot even comprehend. He wants to pour his abundance. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. And, and he does it in a way that cannot be understood with our natural or carnal mind. We can't comprehend the things of God. Now, we all, we're all at different places in our walk. Every one of us are at different places. And so we want to think we can comprehend God. We, have, we all have different revelation of God and his word. And in our lives, we all have different revelation. But I want you to understand in general, put a blanket over this. We cannot comprehend the things, the fullness, the things of God. Amen. When you begin to say that, You will become a greater seeker of God's will. You'll become a greater pursuer of God's word because you'll admit, I can't understand or comprehend the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What that's telling us is the natural or carnal mind does not have the capacity to understand the mind of God, to understand the things of God, to understand the, the thoughts of God. We do not have the capacity to do that. And when we grasp that, God becomes bigger. How many know some of us make God smaller in our lives and we limit him? Because we don't understand what he does, we say, therefore, I'm not going to be obedient. I'm not going to do this because I can't comprehend it. No, you need to take the lid off of that and say, God, I trust you with all my life, everything. I trust you. Enough to do it to follow you when I don't understand or can see the big picture. You see, God's plan must be received and understood by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. God's plans must be received and understood by the Holy Spirit. The natural mind says this stuff is foolishness. The natural mind argues with God. How can I get out of this? How can I, how can I justify my will over his will? The natural mind argues with those things. God says here, he says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God wants you, he wants all of us to love what he loves, to be a part of his plan. And he says here to bring all the tithe, the whole tithe, another version says the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why? Why does God say this? To bless you? No. 
No, God doesn't say to bring it to, to, to bless you. He says it because he wants you to unselfishly provide for his house in the earth. God's plan to provide and bless you involves your obedience in providing for his house, his work, his plans, his people, the gospel. It means putting God first. His plan to provide, to bless you with abundance. It's hard to comprehend how, how we can be a part of this plan. And God says that when you are part of my plan, when you do my will, even though you don't understand it, it's because you trust and have faith in me, I will do this for you. Amen. You see, too many people, there's too many people that don't bring the tithe into the house, that they don't comprehend it, they don't understand it, so they don't do it, and they've just limited God. They've cut God out of their life in that area, in the, in the, in the, the promises and the blessings. But then there's also people who, who do it just because of the abundance and blessings. And if that's, if that's the reason you give, you got it all wrong. You see, God wants you to love his house. I love my kids when they want to come to my house. I love my grandchildren when they want to come to Mimi and Papa's house. I love it when my kids want to put their feet under my table. I'll give them anything I got. I want my kids to love my home. I call it home. I, our son was home last week from New York City, and, and, and I say, when are you coming home, son? I always call it home. He's, and, and, you know, I know his home's in New York, but, but he's coming home. I love it that way. And God loves it when we love his house. Which is how we line up our lives with his plan. Are you hearing me, church? We line our lives up with his will and his plan by loving what God loves so much that we're going to do what God says to do so that we can. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. See what he's saying there, that now to him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all, we can't comprehend all God wants to do in our lives if we will just line our lives up with his plan and his purpose. And then he says, according to the power that works within us. You got to receive this by the Holy Spirit, church. This cannot be received intellectually in a carnal mind. It has to be received in the heart by the Holy Spirit. Malachi 3.10 has to be received and understood by the Holy Spirit that works within you, that is knocking on the door, that's saying, please listen to me. I want to bless you. I want to do this in your life. I want to do this through you. Why? Because God's plan is bigger than our thoughts. Grasp that. God's plan is bigger. His thoughts are bigger than everything we could ever think of. The second lesson we learn here is that God's plan positions us for abundance and blessings. God's plan positions us for abundance and blessings. Back to Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And he says, and try or prove 
or test. That's a, that word in the original is actually test. But he says in, here in the King, New King James Version, it says, and try me, prove me, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. God himself is saying, test me in this. Put me to the test. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be a room enough to receive it. That's abundance. You see, that's the above and beyond all that we could ever, we can't even comprehend how God wants to pour out blessings in our lives. You see, his plan provides for his house or his church. His plan provides that but it positions us for blessings and abundance. Are you hearing me? His plan provides for his work, what he wants to do in the earth. It provides for the house of God, but it positions us for what God wants to do in our lives. God himself invites us here. He says, test me. Verify my trustworthiness with the tithe. Verify and trust me. Now, this is the same God that in Deuteronomy 6.16, the same God that says, I do not change here in Malachi. The same God says, I do not change. This same God in Deuteronomy 6.16 says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The same God here and in this situation and this circumstances. But you can test me on this. You can try me on this. Don't you ever put the Lord your God to the test, except with this. It's the only place in Scripture where God invites us. God invites us to test him. When we bring the tithe, we're saying, God, I'm testing you. Your word says, he says, prove me. Test me in this. This last week, I, I went to a, a new doctor. And this doctor is helping me. She's helping me uh, get off a couple medications and onto supplements to replace a couple medications, okay? She looked at me for it and it was just, it was profound because this message was in my heart already. And she looked at me, she goes, I'm gonna prove to you this, is, this works. I can, I'm gonna prove to you this works. Now, in essence, what she was saying, the same thing God says, she was saying, test me on this. I'm gonna prove to you that it works, why? Because she knows it's for my good. I don't understand, yes, she does. You see, I don't understand all of how God works. Oh, but I love the way he works. Amen, amen. I love the mystery of how God works. I love the fact that everything is not right here. God has a lot bigger picture than me. But I'm gonna tell you, when God says to do something, he's doing it for your good. If you could comprehend that. God wants us to test him in this because he's not doing it for him. How many of you know the Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and there's a whole bunch of other scriptures that will tell you God already owns everything. There is nothing out of his ownership. 
And how many of you know that in the wilderness, the children of Israel were provided manna and quail, all of their needs were met. Do you know that their shoes never even wore out? For 40 years, God provided for his people. God can provide for his house, his church, with manna falling from heaven. He can provide however he wants to. But for some reason, God says, this is the way I provide for my house. I want you to partner and provide for my house. Trust me in this, he says. Test me in this. It's God's plan to bring abundance and blessings into your life. He says that when we withhold the tithe, here's the different perspective that God showed me. And you gotta hear this. When we withhold the tithe, we rob God of the privilege and joy of pouring out his abundant and overflowing blessing in our lives. We rob God of that. Are you hearing me? A while back, I I was out to eat with a friend and at the end of the meal, um, he, he started to pick up the tab and I said, no, 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 I got that. And he looked at me, he says, don't rob me of the blessing. Don't rob me of the blessing. Are you hearing me, church? Same thing as what God says. Don't rob me of this blessing. Do what I ask you. Test me in this. Please test me. God's plan positions us for the abundance and blessings. His plan positions us. It moves us. The third lesson I want you to understand here is God protects what he blesses. God protects what he blesses. Say that with me. God protects what he blesses. Verse 11, Malachi 3.11 says, and I will rebuke. That word rebuke means punish. I will rebuke or punish the devourer for your sake. How many know the devil is, is, is not God's enemy? You know what God can do? He can take the devil and just, nah, I'm done with you. It's not God's enemy. He's our enemy. He's our adversary. He's, he's, he, he's the one that we have to battle against. And I'll tell you, we've been battling. I'm going to tell you, for the last two and a half, you know, two years, and, and I know the last few weeks, we, we have been battling. That's who we battle. He's our enemy. God says, I'm going to rebuke that devourer. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Not for his sake. He doesn't need it so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. What? Says the Lord of hosts. One more time. When we're obedient and faithful with what God blesses us with, when we're walking in his plan for our lives and bring that, the whole tithe into the storehouse, into his house, he says, I'm gonna rebuke or, or punish that devourer. Now, the word devourer here is referring to the devil because he calls it he. It's referring to the devil because he, the Bible tells us that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? How many know the devil wants to attack everything in your life, your joy, your peace, you know, your relationships, your money, your time, all of those things. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy all of it. How many have ever had um, ever, ever thought, man, I just, it's like I got a hole in my money bag. Anybody ever thought that? It's like, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know where the money's going. 
Well, part of that may be a budget problem. You, may, you need to learn. Budgeting is telling your money where it's going to go. I take authority over my money. I'm going to tell you where you're going to go. But the enemy comes and he pilfers. The, the, the devourer pilfers your money with unexpected repairs with repair cost and expenses. He siphons off your money. But the same with your time. How many of you plan a day and you get out and, and all of a sudden, man, this distraction, that distraction, before long your time is gone. And, and, the, and the devourer will do that to your time. He'll do it to your money. He'll do it to your joy. He'll do it to your peace. He'll do it to your relationships. But God says he will rebuke the devourer. He will punish the devourer for who? For your sakes. You're the one being affected. You're the one he wants to bless. He will protect your family and resources and money. And even Satan himself cannot stop him. Because he's not God's enemy. He's our enemy. He will punish that which devours what God blesses us with. That Wells Fargo check was from 16 years ago think about it when we give God first place in our lives when we're obedient and we line our lives up with his plan he places a hedge of protection around us when we put our lives into his plan when we say no God not my will God thine be done he places this hedge of protection a devourer you cannot come nigh unto this dwelling no, no, thus far and no more. God protects what he blesses. You see, all these, all these promises of God, God's plan, it's a, this is a promise that God's plan is always bigger than your thoughts. There will never be a time where God's plan and his thoughts are not bigger than your thoughts. God, God's plan will always position you for abundance and blessings. God's plan is to protect what he blesses. Those are promises. These are all promises that we have the authority, that he gives us the authority to bring before his throne, to bring that, those promises to him. He invites us to test him on every one of those. <clears throat> Hebrews 4.16 it's a passage that recently has just been burning in my heart. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You say boldly. boldly. It doesn't mean come like this, God. No, he says, come boldly to, I tell you to test me, come to my throne of grace and test me. You see, when things are not going well, let me finish that scripture. When he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in what time of need. You see, when things are not going well, God invites us, reminds us to come boldly to the throne of grace and say, but God, but God, your promise is here. But God, your word says this. This is what your word says. You promised to rebuke the devourer. I stand on your promise and that money will not be pilfered out of my account. My time will not be pilfered away from me. My relationships will not. I stand on your word, God. That's being bold. God says, be bold.
God, I'm standing on your word. I'm boldly standing before you because you said test you. You said test you, God, and I'm testing you. I'm coming boldly because I believe so strongly in your word that I know when I hold your word up to you, go, that's right, Steve. That's right, Steve. I'm going to rebuke. I'm going to crush that devour. That's what he promises. God invites us to put him to the test. Ecclesiastes 11.1 says, cast your bread upon the water and you shall find it after many days. How about 16 years? <laughs> Think about it. I want the worship team to go ahead and come back up. Malachi, Malachi 3 goes on to say in verse 12, listen to this. This is not just a closing because this is this is what I want you to grasp this morning. Malachi 3 goes on to say in verse 12, and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. There are certain things that the word of God says that God wants believers to be known for. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 20, he says, he wants us to be known for our fruit. You'll be known for your fruit. What fruit are you producing is your life producing. John 13, 35, he says, we will be known, believers will be known for our love, our love. Remember that the next time, you know, you're in a store and things don't go your way or you're driving down and somebody cuts you off will be known for our love. Put one of those new life stickers, they're out on the table out there, put one of those on the back of your car, and every time you're driving, just remember it's on the back of your car. <laughs> Sorry. But here in Malachi, here in Malachi, the Lord says, we will be known by the blessings of God over our lives. He says, and all nations will call you blessed. God says, I want you to be known for my abundance and my blessings over your life. You see, it's another way we share the gospel. We're known by our fruit. It's, how, it's one way we share the gospel. We're known by our love. It's a way we share the gospel, the good news. And he says here, you will be known by my hand of blessing." and abundance over your life. But I'm telling you, church, you have to put the Lord to the test. Putting him to the test is just as much of an instruction as the actual act. He says, test me. The premise here in Malachi is that the people have wandered away from God. They're not following God. They did, but they're not now. They're not doing God's will. They've kind of fallen into doing their own will. But God says, I'm inviting you back. He says in verse seven, he says, return to me and I will return to you. Listen to these words. God says, return to me and I will return to you. Church, this is what our nation needs to hear. Amen. 
This is what we need to stand on in our nation, in our country. If we will return to God, God will return to us. We need to remember this in, in our own homes and in our own families and lives. If we return to Him, He promises to return to us. If you have lost children, if you have family members that are struggling, maybe that have wandered away, God says, return to me and I'll return to you. Are you hearing me, church? You return to God, He'll return to you. James, this in Malachi is is an Old Testament way of saying it's return to me and I'll return to you. James says the same thing in the New Testament in in chapter five, verse four. He says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Same thing. Same thing. The response is when I press into God, man, he comes and he, like a flood, like a flood, he covers me with his presence, with his blessings. When I return to him, you see, church, we're called. You're called. We're called to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. Get that in your heart and your mind. I want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. I want to do God's will with all of my heart, with all of my life. I want to align my life, my will, my plan with His first. I'm going to put God first in every area of my life. That's what God's calling for us. I'm going to tell you, if we will do that in our nation, we'll see a change in our nation. If you'll do it in your home and in your family, you'll see a change in your home and in your family. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, today... Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you that your word is powerful. That your word is true. Lord, and sometimes your word is like a two-edged sword. It cuts deep into all of our questions and lack of ability to understand. But it cuts through it and says, trust me. God, right now this morning, every one of us and that this is this will be a question this is the way we'll close but God is saying to all of us return to me and I'll return to you if your response is I'm going to return to God I'm not saying you've wandered away I'm not saying you've gone anywhere but I'm saying God's call to us as a people as a church as a nation is return to me and I will return to you. If you're here today and you're saying, I am determined to return to God for my home, for my kids, my family, my grandchildren, but for my nation. If you are saying, I'm going to return to God so God will return to our nation and all of these things, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to put your feet firm on the ground and saying, God, I'm declaring today that I am returning to you. And God, your promise, your promise, Old New Testament, doesn't matter your promises, you'll return to me. 
So, Father, right now, we just declare that, God. We declare it, Lord. I declare it over every person here. Lord, we declare today we're returning to you. We're giving ourselves to you completely and totally. God, right now, we open up our hearts. We open up our lives to you. We trust you. And we say today we're going to test you in this, Lord, that when we return to you, you return to us. And so, Father, I pray your hand of blessing, your hand of abundance. Lord, the truth of every promise that you've made. Your word says the promises of God are yes and amen, and we declare that today. I declare it over every person, every home, every family represented here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted, Amen. 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 Let's sing this last song and let's let's seal this with the Holy Spirit today.